Welcome back to Gospel Life 360s. My name is Brother Jeff. Thanks again for joining with us today. Gospel Life 360s, where the gospel is at the center of every discussion we have. Gospel Life 360s is about a transforming life of following after Jesus Christ. It's about discovering who Jesus is in every moment and circumstance of your life. Have a question I want you to think about today. Are you happy? If you're happy, what has made you happy? What circumstances, what people, what situations are there that are creating this happiness for your life right now? And if you're not happy, what are the things, the circumstances, the people and situations that have kind of deterred, kind of kept you from experiencing the happiness that you're looking for? You see, even as a follower of Christ, I think sometimes we confuse and allow happiness to be our target, happiness to be the center of what we're, what we're pursuing when in reality, what we should be going after is joy. The joy of the Lord should be our strength. The joy of the Lord should be our, our desire in our own hearts. You see, with happiness, things have to happen to make us happy. You know, we can create all kinds of plans and, and have a, a vision of where we want to go and things we want to happen. And there are so many things that can get in the way of that. So many people and circumstances could change at, at, a, at a, you know, just a, a moment's notice. And all of a sudden, what we were pursuing and our desire to be happy is not happening whatsoever. But joy doesn't require our circumstances and the people around us to be perfect and to be in line with what we expect. The joy comes from our relationship of Jesus Christ, Him dwelling within us through the Holy Spirit, and Him, you know, we're us relying upon Him for our resources and for our, all the things that work out in our lives. And so I want to share with you today some scripture. And so again, I'm always going to encourage you to get some paper and pencil and write these verses down because I'll go through, go through them pretty quickly. But I want you to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Maybe you have been searching for this missing thing in your life. Maybe you pursue pursuing a relationship in church and with Christ, and, and yet you're not finding those things because maybe you're looking for the wrong thing. Maybe you're expecting God to make you happy. When what God really wants for you is his joy, his presence in your life to overwhelm you with his presence, and his love for you. So let's start out today in Psalm 16, verse 11. It says, thou will make known to me, God will make known to me and to you the path of life. And then he says, in thy presence is the fullness of joy. In God's presence, we find joy. When we experience his presence in our life and we're aware and we're acknowledging him and we're resting in him, there's joy, he says. In thy right hand, he says, there are pleasures forevermore. So let me ask you something. Are you aware of God's presence right now? Do you, are you aware of God's joy that he wants you to experience? Because it says here, in thy presence is the fullness of joy. And I think sometimes because we get so caught up in our days, and expecting to be happy and our circumstances to work out and people to line up to where we want them to be, that we don't see God, we don't experience God, and therefore the joy is not there. And we're left with this disappointment of happiness. In Matthew 13, we find the, the parable of the sower. And I want you to listen carefully here about maybe a, a, a shallow joy that we can have sometimes and get disappointed in it. It says, And the one whom seed was sown on the rocky places, this is the man or the woman who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Again, they hear the word, but maybe in their minds what they're looking for is happiness. Oh, this will work. This will change things. And they're not really looking for the relationship. You know, Jesus says in one other scripture, he says, you search the scriptures that you might, you know, have this. He said, but you won't come to me. 
And see, sometimes we can hear the word, but not really look for Christ. We're not, we're looking for an answer so we can continue to live like we want to experience some happiness and some relief from our problems, but we're not wanting the relationship. It says, so here's somebody who receives the word with joy, yet has no firm root, no firm root in who Jesus Christ is. The seeds have been planted in that good soil to where we desire the relationship. We experience the relationship in our lives. It says there's no firm root in himself, but it's only temporary. But then it says, and when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, because of this truth, immediately they fall away. Again, there's so much worldliness. This temporary thing represents nothing but worldliness. Again, if our faith is based upon nothing more than us trying to achieve the things of this world, the things that are temporary, God's not going to honor that. I mean, God wants to bless us with the things of this world. He wants to give us the resources and things we need. But if our whole pursuit of faith is nothing for us to be happy so we can have the things we want, it's, that's shallow. That's temporary. And we'll be like this man in the, here in the parable sower is that we'll fall away because we're not looking for the right thing. We need to have the joy of the Lord to be that center focus upon who, what we need and who we are. In Nehemiah chapter 8, it says, Then he said to them, Go and eat of the fat, drink of the sweet, and it says, and send portions to him who has nothing prepared, for this day is holy to our Lord. And then he tells us, do not be grieved, do not be anxious, do not be fearful, for the joy of the Lord is our strength. Again, our spirit and, and our flesh are in opposition to one another, and the flesh has nothing to offer to us. It's only the spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. But when we are pursuing happiness, we're trying to satisfy the flesh. The flesh wants to be satisfied in every situation. It's very pridefully oriented, and it wants to wants to be you know catered to. God says we want the joy of the Lord to be our strength, the joy of His presence. Remember, in the fullness of His presence is joy, and so we need to understand. We need to rest inside of that. And it says here that, that Nehemiah was telling them the joy of the Lord is our strength. When we find ourselves struggling or find ourselves burned out, the reason for that is, is because we've been operating out of our flesh. That means we can even go to church, do some ministry work. And I've been here in this situation before where I've done a lot of things out of my flesh that were churchy things, but I had no joy. I got burned out. Why? Because I was operating out of my flesh. And the flesh is always trying to satisfy itself and not glorify God. I wasn't looking for the relationship. I was looking for the acclamation from other people because I was doing those things I needed, you know, I was thought I needed to do. So again, what are you looking for? What are you really wanting in this life today? Are you really just wanting happiness that's temporary and that's worldly? Or do you want the joy of the Lord? He says, because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Now, that being said, let me share something with you out of John 10.10. John 10.10 says this, The thief, Satan himself, comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus says, But I came that they might have life, and have it what? More abundantly, the fullness of joy. The abundant life of the fullness of joy in our life. But what's a thief do? The thief comes after, and he comes to steal the main thing in our life as Christians, as followers of Jesus, is the joy of the Lord. Because see, if he steals our joy, then we are pushed back to the place of operating out of our flesh. And then as we operate our flesh, we become discouraged. And then he destroys or he kills our convictions. And when he kills our convictions, then he destroys our testimony. You see, as followers of Jesus, we can't lose our salvation. But what we can lose is our joy. 
Because if we allow the, if we allow the enemy to steal our joy because we start focusing upon what we want and trying to serve ourselves in, in the church and get recognition and we take our eyes off Jesus, then he can steal our joy. And once the joy is gone, our strength is gone. And now we're operating out of the flesh. And then he slowly begins to, to chip away to kill our convictions that we have as followers of Christ. And once he kills our convictions, he destroys our testimony. He's after our testimony, but he starts at the place of our joy. So let me ask you some, today, are you operating out of joy today? Have you lost your joy? As, as somewhere along the line, have you started operating out of your flesh and, and out of your own strength and you're becoming discouraged and disgruntled and disappointed and, and all of a sudden you start questioning whether you believe what you believe? You see, you're on that road to where he's going to steal and destroy your, your testimony. David had this happen to him in the Old Testament in the book of Psalms. He writes Psalm 51, describes what had happened to him when he began to try to satisfy himself and his flesh and lost the joy of the Lord. Listen to Psalms 51, 10 through 13. He says, create in me, not outside of me, but in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from thy presence. Again, when we the presence of the Lord is, a, is their abundance of joy, right? And so he lost it. He said, do not cast me away from thy presence and do not take that Holy Spirit from me. Now, again, you and I are sealed with the Holy Spirit. He, he can't take, he's not going to take it away from us. What we can do is lose, lose our communion with God through the Holy Spirit. We can grieve and, and quench the Holy Spirit in our lives because of our, our choices. He says in verse 12, restore to me the joy of thy salvation. Again, create in me a clean heart. Renew a steadfast spirit, allow the Holy Spirit to come back into my life and restore to me the joy of thy salvation and sustain me. Again, endurance and being sustained in our faith requires us to live in our joy of the salvation that God's given to us and sustain me with a willing spirit. And then he says in verse 13, then, then only will I teach the transgressors thy ways and sinners will be converted to thee. You see, the reason we, maybe our testimony is not as powerful enough to influential enough for other people to come to Christ is because we lost our joy and we're operating out of our flesh and the people are recognizing it. They see sometimes that most of our lives are not, not any different from what theirs are. But when we start walking in the joy of the Lord, it changes everything because it begins to allow the Holy Spirit to work through our lives and people see a difference in us and desire to hear what we have to say because there's something different about our lives and how we live it. There's a joy about us, not a happiness. There's a joy. In Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2, it says, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance. Again, we all have need of endurance. We live in a world that we live in today. Even today, even more so, we need endurance to walk through this life and live by faith. It says, so we need to lay aside those things that encumber us, the sins that which so easily entangle us, and run with endurance to race set before us. How we do that? Fixing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of our faith. And then listen, this is why he says he was able to, Christ was able to endure, and because he's the one that we should look to, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down the right hand of the throne of God. How did Jesus endure? As he walked in the flesh, how did he endure the things he endured on this earth, especially his crucifixion and his death on the cross? Because he saw the joy that was set before him. He saw the end result 
of his faithfulness to the Father. God is telling us that if we're going to need it, we need endurance, endure it, endure, we must look to the joy set before us. The relationship, the calling that God's put on our life, the, the rest that what God wants to give to us, his grace he wants to give to us, his love that's always there. We need to look to that because God, Jesus Christ, is the author and perfecter of our faith. And he endured the cross because of the joy set before him. That's our example. Fix our eyes on Jesus. Fix our eyes upon the joy that's set before us, the relationship we have with him that he is building every single day until we step into heaven. Let's look to that as the end result. And even in James here, he encourages us here in the next set of scripture, James 1, verse 2 through 4. Listen to what he says and how we should look at, at, the, at the various trials we encounter every day. Consider it what? All joy, my brethren, when you encounter, when you do, because it's coming, the various trials. He says, and knowing, knowing because we've seen God operate, we've seen God be faithful in this whole situation, knowing that the testing of your faith produces what? endurance and we all have need of endurance and let endurance have its perfect result that you and I may be perfect and complete lacking in nothing you see maybe we don't feel complete or 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 perfect or you know God working or maybe we're lacking in things is because we're not really operating out of joy God says the it's our endurance that God begins to perfect and reveal to us how he's working and what he's trying to produce in us Consider it all joy when you encounter various trials. What's our first instinct when conflict or situations come, when persecution or affliction comes? We try to find the first exit. We try to find a way to get out, find, try to get the stop to, to make it go away. Maybe our first thought should be consider it all joy because if God has allowed it, then God's doing something to create this relationship with him that we can experience the fullness of his joy in the midst of what we're going through. Remember, happiness requires something to happen for us to be happy. Joy doesn't require anything but us to be resting and dwelling within the presence of God himself through Jesus Christ to experience the fullness of that joy. Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1 and 2 talks about the church of Macedonia. And they were going through a great deal of affliction and persecution at this time. But listen to what Paul says to them and as an example for us today. He says, now, brethren, we wish to make known to you all the grace of God. See, it's God's grace that's operating to us, through us, uh, and in us to bring about this joy. I want to make known to you the grace of God, which has been given to the churches of Macedonia, that in a great ordeal of, of affliction, their abundance of joy and their deep poverty overflowed in the wealth of their liberality. Now, again, here's a church that's suffering, that's going, being persecuted. And God, and God, what Paul's saying to us here through the Holy Spirit is that God has abundantly given them the grace and poured grace into their lives. He says that even in the midst of their affliction and persecution, he says that this great abundance of joy was seen by how generous they were. You see, what happens to most of us when we're going through affliction and persecution, we withdraw within ourselves. We begin to focus our, our, our whole life and our whole perception of who we are and what's going on, and we try to take care of it and try to protect ourselves. What, what happens to the Church of Macedonia? In the midst of all that persecution and affliction, because of the God's grace being poured out into their lives and because of the abundance of joy that they were experiencing, they became generous, giving people. 
they began not to focus upon themselves, but focus upon outside of themselves, the people around them, and began to express God's love and grace and, 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 and was, were generous with their resources and their time and their lives to the people around them. Is that what, what your life is experiencing right now? In the midst of what you're going through, are you a generous person because of the joy of the Lord's in your life? Because you you considered it all joy when you encountered those kind of things that you're willing to, to understand that God is bringing about something great. And he wants to, ex- to ex- express himself through your life and in your life to the glory of him and the glory of his kingdom. Romans 14, verse 17 through 19 says this, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it's this. It's righteousness and peace and what else? Joy in the Holy Spirit. For he, you and I, who in this way serves Christ, is acceptable to God and approved by men. So in other words, as we serve God and serve the other people around us, how? By righteousness, right standing with God. We're doing the right thing for the right reason, for the right in the right time, for the right person. We're standing in God's righteousness. And we're walking in the peace that God's given to us through his presence. And the joy of what? The Holy Spirit. We have to remind ourselves that in Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit is love. And the byproduct of that love is joy. You see, joy comes out of that love relationship, but it's the fruit of the Spirit that brings it about. The flesh, our own natural abilities, cannot produce joy. It comes through the the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, the joy of the Holy Spirit. And as, as we serve God in this way, he says, we become acceptable to God and approved by men. Then verse 19 carries on this way. So then, so then let us pursue the things that which make for peace and the building up of one another. You see, a life of joy serves one another. It begins to build up the other person. It begins to create a, an atmosphere, an environment of peace that God can work through us. Now, I appreciate you spending some time with me today, and I hope these verses have meant something to you, but I'm going to give you one last verse in closing here of speaking of what God will say to us one day if we're faithful in what he's called us to do. In Matthew 25, verse 20 and 21, it says this, And the one who had received the five talents came up and brought five more talents, saying, saying, Master, you entrusted five talents to me. See, I have gained five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. And then he says this to him, Enter into the joy of your master. You see, we can experience the joy today, but there's coming a day when our work here on earth is done and we've been faithful to what God's given to us and we've brought fruit, fruitfulness back to God that he will say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of my presence. And that's the gospel.